Well, hello to our Loudwater Outfitters community out there. Hope everyone's doing well this week. Thank you for stopping by. This is the Loudwater Outfitters podcast, and I'm your host, the Palmetto Sleuth. Well, again, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, Got a few things to tell you about, some new things, some cool things, and kind of let you know what we've been doing for the last uh, week or so. And then a brief synopsis of kind of what this show is going to be about, and then we'll jump right into it. So, some new things. I'm very, very excited, and I cannot wait to see how this sounds afterwards. I've been doing some testing, but I have a new sound mixer board. You may not be able to see it quite on the uh, on the screen there, but for those of you that are listening, it is the new Rodecaster Pro, and I bought a brand new microphone. I was not happy with the audio with what I had been doing, and I built a new studio. I say built. I took an old bedroom upstairs, a little 10 by 10 room, repainted it, put tons of sound absorbing panels, some heavy curtains that black out plus are heavy enough to kind of deaden sound also. The room's carpeted and got some of my new lighting up, and so... I did some testing today, plus, as some of y'all know, we're going to do video casting or video podcasts. I'll be filming every episode that I do with the Loudwaters podcast. So I filmed our first one, and I hate it. I know Michael probably isn't 100% happy, but I just was not happy with that afterwards. I mean, it's okay, but I can do better, and I wasn't happy with that, so that's when... I jumped in and, and did what I did here, completely redid this room and did some testing a few days ago and still was not happy with the way it sounded. It was just, I don't know, I had all of my uh, record volumes like wide open and my last episode for Palmetto Sleuth that I published last week just did not sound very good. I had to have my mic or volume way open my car so John proceeded to say you know what it's time to just pull out all stops we're going to do this right you know I'm, I'm I realize I'm going to have to spend a little money so that's where I bought this new Rodecaster Pro and I bought a new Rode microphone and boy can I tell a massive difference as you can probably see those of you that are able to see the video when we post it I'm approximately six inches away from the mic. I'm kicked back in my comfortable chair, relaxed. I have the boom arm down low enough where you can see my face well on the camera. And just nice and relaxed, and it is recording very good. So I'm very, very happy. So this is one of those situations where, you know, sometimes you got to spend a little money to get the product that you want. So luckily I was able to return a whole bunch of stuff to Amazon, so... You know, Amazon's king. I love these guys. You can pretty much buy anything and send it back if it don't work or you don't like it. So, hey, that's cool. Uh, but anyway, so I've got the studio a lot better. I think it's a lot more acoustically positive. <laughs> much, much better. So I think the quality is going to be very noticeable right off the bat. So I'm very, very happy and excited. Uh, last week... Mike and I ended up hopping the plane and taking off to the trifecta of Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. And we were working on a case of a Karen Adams who's been missing what will be 16 years this coming March. 
and her vehicle was missing also. We know some others have done a little uh, waterway sonaring and diving up there to no avail. We actually found some other stuff, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh, so what we decided to do, we were just going to fly up there, try to spend about a day and a half, and kind of retrace the steps or the path, so to speak, and find a few areas of interest. We already had a couple in mind, so took the drone, and we got up there. We ended up riding two or might have been three routes that it was possible she could have taken and had three or four areas that were of interest that were mentioned to us, plus a couple were of interest to us. So we ran the drones, checked a lot of stuff, and unfortunately didn't come up with anything on those. But the good thing out of this is we eliminated some ideas that we were thinking and wondering to where we feel very confident we know which way she probably didn't go. And... So we'll be doing an episode on that here soon and kind of going over it a little more in depth and explain to you why and and the why nots of a few things. Uh, We did that and got back, let's see, over the weekend. I had a few personal things I had to do. I think Mikey did a few things himself. Uh, First today, first of the week, he ended up, I had uh, some car issues, so I wasn't able to catch up with him. But he did go on another case in to the Saluda River around Honeypath, which is in Anderson County in the great state of South Carolina. And he did, that was one of the areas of this family of Mr. Thrasher, who agreed to let us do some work for them. And we took this on. So he did some sonar work on the river, some areas of interest that they the family had mentioned to him. And he... Did that and didn't come up with anything, so we were able to rule out two or three areas there. But there's still obviously some more areas what we want to work on, so at least we got some some of the initial ideas and thoughts out of the way. So uh, now today, I was actually getting the studio ready to start the recording, getting things finished up. He informed me we had a couple of Zoom calls that we actually did this evening. And uh, some stuff will be going up on that. And I have a Zoom call Friday on a case with a lady contacted he and I a few weeks ago out of Kentucky. And I'll be speaking with the mother of this uh, certain individual who's been missing for several, several years. And then I've got actually a podcast interview for Loudwater on Saturday evening with the family of the gentleman that he was in the Saluda River for yesterday or a couple of days ago, so the Thrasher. So I'll be speaking with the mother, and I believe the daughter or Mr. Thrasher's sister. So we'll have an interview live on here to record, so we'll be doing an episode on that for them. Looking forward to doing that. And got a couple others going to be working on, so really excited. we got a lot to do. Mikey's going to be gone for just a few short weeks out of country working on a couple things, so I'll be holding the fort down. (laughs) But we'll be doing a lot of podcast work on a lot of cases that we've been working on, so going to be doing a lot of that to get caught up. And, uh, of course, we'll be videoing all of that. So looking forward to getting a lot of this done and working on a few of the cases while he's gone. So a lot going on. Very excited, very excited. 
and uh, he's going to be announcing something in a video from one of the Zoom calls we did tonight, something really cool, something I'm excited about, something I know this family is very excited about, and something that definitely needs to be done. So, you know, keep up with the Loudwater Outfitters Facebook page and the YouTube channel, and just be watching. You're going to see what he's posting about this new, uh, I guess you could say, project that he's going to be spearheading for this particular family. So it's really going to be cool. So uh, going to be, I think it's going to be well worth the time that it's going to take to put into it. So uh, anyway, the cool thing, like I was telling y'all, you know, I've been working on a new studio or the studio I had downstairs in a workshop, but just was not 100% happy with the sound quality. I loved it down there. There's a lot of windows, a lot of natural light. You know, I could see the comings and goings of everybody in the neighborhood. <laughs> but just really liked it down there. There's an old shop. Did a lot of painting. Oh, my goodness. As I probably told y'all 10,000 times, you know, painted the walls, the trim, the ceilings, you know, the, the, the shelves, the cabinets, everything. Just got it looking really nice and neat. And the recording quality still, it was just, it was not good. was not happy with it. Uh, somebody mentioned to me that it just... He, you could just kind of hear echo in the background, so it didn't matter what I did. So I knew I was going to have to either just simply buy a whole bunch of acoustic panels, the professional style, that are like, like two foot wide, four foot high, mount those on the wall, then fill in some of the spaces with the smaller, thick foam, sound-absorbing panels, put down, you know, a pretty heavy rug or a couple heavy rugs and some heavy curtains on the windows to absorb all of the, the echo and the sound so it doesn't just reverberate and bounce off of everything, which creates that echo and that, that odd sound. So someone told me, hey, you know, just use the room upstairs. It's just it's just sitting there. All it's doing is collecting junk. So <laughs> cleared it out, repainted it completely. Put in a new ceiling fan to make it look nice. Pulled out the closet doors and just put probably 1.9 million sound-absorbing foam-dense panels all over the walls in the closet. I've got some heavy curtains on the windows. The cool thing is the windows are not your standard full length. They're probably about half length. But on the really nice, pretty days, I could open the curtains and use natural light if I want to go that route instead of the... Uh, the kind of, I guess you call it, the, the daylight bulb uh, light kits that I have. They're kind of like, they're like big square balloons. So you'll be able to see that in the uh, video when I post this. Uh, but did a lot of work on that. Plus, with it having carpeting, all of that just helps absorb a lot of the sound and reverberation and echoes. You know, did put a lot of stuff up. Again, I know y'all probably laugh when I say I hate saying the word decorate because I'm a guy, but... It's basically what I did, you know, put some stuff up and got some cool, I guess you say, kind of like background lighting on a couple of the shelves just to kind of make things look a little different. I guess that's kind of the, the new hip thing that you're seeing on a lot of videos. So pretty much I just want to fall in line with that because it seems to be what everybody's doing and everybody enjoys it. Everybody likes it. So uh, got all this finished up and then did some test recording a couple of days ago. Or actually I did my Palmetto Sleuth podcast last week and it seemed like it was sounding better but then when I listened to it it just wasn't right and it was low I had to turn my volume 
all the way wide open in my vehicle just to be able to hear it decently. And I'm like, what is going on? So I did some research and just not really getting a definitive answer. So the only thing I could come up with is I didn't have this issue with my first soundboard, so it must be this new soundboard. So luckily, you know, Amazon being the great and wonderful organization that it is, I was still within my window of returning. So I actually just sent a whole bunch of stuff back, a few things I'd ordered previously that I wasn't using. And as luck would have it, sending all of that back, plus a couple other things I had to take back from a whole other issue I had with sound of several weeks ago to a place locally, that actually was going to pay for the new, and I'm very proud of this, the Rode, R-O-D-E, the Rodecaster Pro sound mixing board. And boy, you can tell the difference. It is so much larger, heavier, and just off the bat, it's so much better than what I was using. Plus, I got a new Rode mic. And this microphone weighs about 18 billion pounds compared to the Hainer 6 I was using. And r- right off the bat, I can tell a massive difference. Earlier today on the old soundboard, I, I was literally having to put my mouth into the mic to get it fairly loud on the recording. So I'm like, you know, it, it's got to be this. So luckily the roadcaster come in a couple hours after that, got it all hooked up. And I'm sitting comfortably in my chair, kicked back, and my face is probably about six to eight inches from the mic, and you can hear how it sounds. So I am absolutely thrilled, ecstatic, and very satisfied with the equipment I have now. It's so, so much better. You know, it's just one of those situations where I should have done this in the first place. I kicked myself. Sometimes, you know, you got to spend a little money for things to be right. So hopefully this sounds a lot better. I'm recording on the new camera I got here just a few weeks ago. So done a lot of work with that last night, trying to get everything tuned in, dialed in. And with the lighting and everything, I, I think it's going to come out very well. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Hopefully Mikey will be pleased with everything. So uh, a lot of new and big stuff. we got a lot of stuff coming this year. Very excited about it. So can't wait. So, again, you know, I told you a little bit about the, uh, about the case we worked on last week. So I got to thinking, you know, we've had a few people. I know I've had a few people, you know, everybody's always asking. I say everybody. I've had a few people ask, why are you all always wanting people to you know, go and like the Facebook page or go subscribe to the YouTube I got to thinking, even though we say stuff here and there, I just decided, you know what would be a good idea, is I'm just going to explain this whole venture from the beginning to the end, the who, what, when, why, and where's, of basically of why we're doing this, what we're doing, you know, the, the, the goal behind it and what we hope to accomplish, and then go into the, the whole thing behind the operating cost and the funding of it and why we say a lot of what we say. And I know some of you probably understand that. Some of you probably heard things said here and there. I know we've mentioned it here and there, but, you know, I decided I think it'd be a great idea to dedicate an episode to strictly explain everything from beginning to end right here, right off the kickoff of this Loudwater Outfitters podcast. So that way you kind of know from, from the beginning. And it just kind of lays the groundwork from here on out as far as what we're going to be doing 
and understanding what, why we're doing what we're doing. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into this. So the bottom line is, as everybody knows, we help with cold case missing persons. So basically how this come about, Mikey, you know, he approached me several months ago and said, hey, I got this thing I'm working on and I think it could be a really good thing. And he knowing I'd just come out of law enforcement and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, we, we both understood with our former career path that, you know, unfortunately there's not a lot of positive and good in the law enforcement career. Unfortunately, we don't get to help people or families as much as we would like to and as much as people probably think we do. So he was talking about how this is an opportunity that, you know, we can absolutely help people. And this is kind of like, you know, our chance to give something back, especially after all the negativity in that career field and the violence that we saw and dealt with, you know, the, the tragedies and what families went through that this was an opportunity to do something good so as he explained to me he said you know this is strictly you know it's non-profit you know we, we don't go out there and charge people that type of thing but we're not a non-profit but we kind of operate like one I guess you could say so the whole point behind it is you know we're not private investigators because we don't ask for and we do not charge for our services but what we do lend is our experience, our expertise, our training. You know, we have some contacts and some good things here and there that we can pull out of the old hat when we need to. But it's an opportunity to give to these families who pretty much would never have this opportunity at any other point in time. Because, you know, probably the average person like you and I, you know, we, we can't afford you know, to pay a private investigator however much they charge per hour or per day, you know, plus expenses and all these different things. You know, the average family can't do that. So what we saw is an opportunity to do the same thing, but knowing that they won't have to pay for it, we're not going to charge them in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, we're going to go the extra mile to do anything and everything we can if nothing else, and we can't find anything or we can't find an answer, they know that we did everything we could possibly do, and that is the whole point to all this. So I was like, okay. He's like, I'm sitting there thinking, now, how, how are we going to do this financially? Because this is going to cost some money. <clears throat> so he started mentioning the whole idea of using social media. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, well, wait a minute. He, he's on to something. Because ironically, I had told him for probably the last year and a half of my law enforcement career, I kept thinking, you know, w w social media is where everything is at. And there's ways to do things. And, you know, I guess you could say, you know, make a living off of, off of that. And I was just trying to figure out what to do. But I wanted to do something more than just, you know, do something on the Internet that makes money. It's not necessarily one. I wanted to do something worthwhile. And I was trying to figure out what it was that I could do. Well, when he mentioned this, I was like, you know, light bulb central. You know, probably singed the hair on my head. And I was like, dude, th this is like brilliant. This is a great idea. 
he's like, well, you know, we'll do things a little differently than what some places are, are doing now. And there's, you know, a few groups out there who are doing something similar and a couple of really cool dudes, a couple of good guys. We, you know, we, we probably correspond with them regularly on and off of Facebook. And I think we might actually be working with one or two of them here in the next couple of months. So on kind of a joint venture. So looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully it can bring more than one closure to some situations. So, but he was like, you know, utilize social media. And he's like, dude, what we can do is we can get out here and tell the story, tell the story of these, from these families who experienced this tragedy, who lost someone, don't know where they are, you know, just, they've just vanished. And, you know, we, we, we can use some common sense on how we approach things. But, you know, and we're not going to give away all of our little secrets, but there's a lot of certain things that we look at, we do, that we tie into it. Just a, lot of, a lot of cogs in the wheel, if you will. And so I was like, you know, he's on to something here. But what I kept thinking is, man, this is an opportunity to actually like help people, truly help them, and very much can make a difference in their lives. And I'm just like, you know, chomping at the bit, you know, tell me more, tell me more. And he was like, you know, we'll, we'll utilize Facebook and, of course, YouTube channel. He's like, you know, podcasting is big. And, of course, you know, the most I'd ever, the only thing I'd ever knew about podcasting is I'd heard about it and, over the last few months, has started listening to a particular podcast somebody put me on to, and I don't mind saying who it is. It's the Murdoch Murders podcast with Mandy Matney. She does an excellent, excellent, excellent job. Very good at reporting facts and being thorough about the investigating that they do. So, you know, I gotten like hooked on listening to, to her stuff, and I was like, "Oh man, hey!" And he's like, "Dude, you, you could do podcasting." He said, if you don't like to get in front of people, well, you can do that. You ain't got to worry about anybody looking at you. <laughs> I was like, podcasting, that would be that would be kind of interesting. Don't know how to do it, but okay. And he put me on to a couple ideas, you know, about, you know, Amazon podcast bundles, things like that. So I started doing a little research. And actually, a couple of days later, he and I went and worked on the very first case with Loudwater up in uh, North Carolina. I think it was around Apex. On a uh, on a Mr. Rose, missing Mr. Rose, and you know we did a lot of talking about that. We went up there sonared some areas that the family was very interested in. We were able to dispel all that and at least close that out of their mind, and they won't have to worry about that. And I was just like, you know, that that this is cool. I, I feel like we're actually doing something. We're, we're getting some kind of result. Even if we're not finding anybody, we're we're, we're creating a result here. And we're moving on to the next phase. And I'm like, this is cool. And, of course, some of you do know Mike. Some of you don't. But the thing about Mike is when he puts his mind to something, you know, it's hard for him to not excel at it and succeed. Plus, he's also one of those type of people, you tell him it can't be done or you suck at it, he's going to absolutely prove you wrong. So I'm like, you know, hey, we can't fail at this one. You know? <laughs> So, you know, this was really cool. So within a few weeks, I bought, you know, podcast bundle, new laptop, started working on some things and kind of started my own podcast and learning. And he was, that's when they got into the Greenwood case. And uh, 
did that for, for a few weeks. And then he and I just kind of like got back together and, hey, you know, this is exploding. So that's, as some of y'all know, over the last few weeks, we kind of joined forces. I just kind of crossed that proverbial line to work with him over at Loudwater. And, but the whole point to all of this is, and the cool thing about all of it is, with social media, and the Loudwater community has just been ridiculously awesome. Very supportive. You know, they're, they're very, very eager to help. They are very quick to have our back in a couple of instances. Very appreciative of that. But we, we saw that, you know, how this is working is crazy. You know, so basically, you know, when we do the interviews and then we put up the, the, the first video on YouTube and then, you know, he and I, you know, we hit the ground and go to work, you know, we go to location and start doing things. Sometimes it takes a few weeks cause we do a lot of research, looking at a lot of different things, a lot of different angles, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, just thinking about what we think about it, you know, and not going to lie. We kind of utilize what we learn with law enforcement but the biggest thing is just make sure not to overthink it or over common sense the whole situation either. So, you know, with, with the experience and expertise we had in our career field and dealing with a lot of different, you know, families and different situations, backgrounds, all that type of stuff, it, it gave us, it gives us an opportunity when we get into a situation or into a case that we can pull from different things and use use some of that uh, logic. And, and it actually works really well. So, you know, so we sh as you know, we, we've been working on that, doing that, working on these cases, and been to several, several. We've got a whole bunch more to go. Uh, as y'all know, Mikey is the water guru. You know, he, he loves doing the sonaring, the diving, all those type of things. My thing is which is crazy because I'm about to turn 53 years old. And I like to know, say that, you know, I understand technology, but I'm not, you know, a technology guru. Well, I've had to learn it pretty quick because here I am doing two podcasts and, you know, videoing things. And I've got two, two drones with camera systems. I've got a snake camera system. And I've got all this crazy technology. And I'm like, I'm having to crash course myself here. But I absolutely love it. It is so much fun. It's so much, there's just so much involved in all of this and learning. And it, it, it feels good being able to learn this stuff and use it towards a good cause. So, you know, going out here, and, and again, you know, the, the whole thing of what we're hoping and looking to do is as families reach out and agree that they want us to look into something, you know, of course, we want to get them some kind of an answer, obviously. You know, the ultimate goal is is to find the missing loved one. You know, if it ends up being, you know, this answer or that answer, it, as long as it gives them some type of closure or, or something that leads them in the right direction, then, you know, I guess we can say mission accomplished. But ultimately, we want to be able to bring some type of closure in some way, shape, or form. So, so, so again, you know, the, the whole thing behind this is, is helping families, not having 
not having to charge them anything. But again, the whole point is, you know, they don't have to worry about the monetary side of things. They don't have to worry about, well, you know, are they just going to, you know, go kick a few rocks, come back, say they can't find somebody. No, these are two ex-cops who are absolutely committed to what they're doing. And just, just so I understand and know how committed we are, you know, the, the work that Mikey does, he's able to work for a little bit and then take a couple months off and dedicate all of his time to this. But it doesn't really matter. Even when he's gone, he's still working on this stuff and talking to people. I'm sure he'll be sending me stuff all the time. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I believe in it so much, and I want to see this succeed and help these families so much that I pulled my police retirement. You know, so Mike and I both are absolutely operating out of our own pocket. That's how committed we are to this. You know, if we weren't, then we obviously would not be doing that. You know, funding the, uh, for the podcast, being able to put the podcast out there on, on platforms, you know, that, that costs some money. You know, I'm handling all that out of my own pocket. You know, Mikey has spent... I, Lord knows how many thousands of dollars out of his own pocket, you know, just like he did the plane tickets last week. You know, I did the rental car, you know, he, uh, he spent a lot of money on a lot of different things, you know, going places, you know, paying for different pieces of equipment that we may have needed. Uh, oh my gosh, buying things that had to have or something, you know, broke down, replacing it. And of course, you know, Lord knows how much money he spent on gas. <laughs> so, you know, and I bought, you know, I bought the drones, I bought the cameras, all this podcasting equipment, the lighting. And some of you might be saying, well, you know, you're spending money on a lot of stuff that you can't, I mean, how is that lighting and computer and the podcast equipment going to help? Well, I will tell you how all of this helps and how all of this ties in. Yes, the cameras absolutely are beneficial on getting out there and searching certain areas, especially areas that it's hard for boots to get to or might be some areas here or there says, you know what, let's clear that, you know, because with a drone it's quicker. What I like to do on on a lot of areas that we go to, I run the drone very methodically, you know, not in a big hurry try to keep it kind of at a slow, steady pace. And I may turn it around several times. I may go back to the same area two or three times. I may zigzag, do this or that. And the whole time I am looking to look for something that stands out or something unnatural. But other than that, if nothing catches my eye, what I will do, and usually I take my laptop and I'll pull the SD card, I'll plug it into my computer, and then I will go back through all that footage slowly, and sometimes it takes several hours. And I'll just, you know, review it every, you know, second by second, you know, stopping, getting a clear picture, looking just to make sure, you know, I haven't missed anything, look to see if I see anything, or if something just kind of stands out, I can zoom in on it with that. So, you know, that stuff comes in handy. So the, the whole point behind all the podcasting equipment, you know, the YouTube channels, Facebook, you know, I don't know if he's doing much with uh, TikTok or not, but with Palmetto, I've started a TikTok and Instagram, several things like that. But the whole point to all of that, and, and let's just start at the very beginning with Facebook. That's usually where some of the first stuff that you'll see. And, well, 
social media, Facebook, how many people see, especially if the page is public. There's going to be a lot of people that see it. And right now, you know, we've got, what, 5,000 followers there. I'm getting close to 700 on mine, which I think is great considering about a month ago I had barely over 100. So <laughs> something's working right here now. But, but again, the whole point is the reach. And, you know, as we gain followers, like I said, he's up around 5,000. Well, those people view, those people will share, will spread the word to somebody. And even if it's only at 25%, you know, if, well, let's just say a thousand people share it and 250 people from share from that, you see what I'm saying? It just keeps spreading and it spreads and it's not just spreading to more people. It's spreading to more areas also, you know, the, the geographic part of this is very, very important. So that, that's, that's the cool thing about this whole, this whole thing with Facebook is, you know, it spreads to thousands upon thousands of people. And the whole point behind that, number one, is spread the word. Spread the word, share, 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 because there is a chance. Excuse me, I had to itch my head there. There is a chance that it may reach the one person who, you know, a light bulb goes off and says, hey, I, you know, I remember that. And then all of a sudden, because, you know, memory is a wonderful but yet crazy thing. Something can happen, and you may not remember much about it. And I, I liken it to a, uh, a critical incident situation if you're in law enforcement. You know, if you have, let's just say, for example, you know, it, it, it's a shooting situation. You know, an officer-involved shooting. Well... Well, there's so many dynamics to the human body and to the mind, to the your eyesight, everything. You're hearing everything that happens when you're involved in a you know a, a critical or a traumatic or you know a situation like that. And there are so many things, and a lot of it has to do with adrenaline, and so. Let's say, you know, officer's involved in a shooting. Well, let's say just a few short hours later, you know, he, he does a debrief. And he's sitting there thinking, you know, that I, I, I don't remember a lot. I don't remember this. He may even say, I don't remember pulling the trigger. I don't remember. I, I think I only heard one gunshot. In actuality, it may have been five or six. And, but, you know, there's so many things there, you know, auditory exclusion, you know, the whole thing with your eyesight kind of goes down to tunnel vision because, you know, you, your blood vessels, all that, they're constricting. So many different things are happening when you get into that situation like that and the adrenaline, all of this. And it actually gets even worse and even more so if, you know, if you're like shot or stabbed, you know, so many other things happen. And... Because actually, in a situation like that, you, you don't bleed as much as you would think because, you know, your vessels are constricted because of the adrenaline, everything that's going on. But then when it dumps and you slow it down, everything opens back up. Well, still, same concept with this. So typically, you know, they may come back, you know, in 24 hours or 48 hours. I can't remember which one it was. And, you know brief with the officer again, and now he's remembering a few other things. Usually by about the third night of sleep, 
He can pretty much recall everything. Well, it's kind of the same concept here, you know. Somebody may have been, you know, a teenager or, you know, maybe a little bit younger or maybe just a little bit older. And, you know, whatever the situation happened with this person that went missing or what have you, you know, say, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And don't remember much about it. But then all of a sudden, years later, this thing comes across on Facebook and they see it. And all of a sudden it's like, bam. Oh, man, I remember that. I remember the night it happened because, you know, saw her, you know, walking out of such and such and got into such and such a car that you didn't recall or think of earlier. And no one's known about this car for years. Well, now you have a clue. You have something that can lead in another direction. So it's kind of that concept, and that's why we try to utilize social media because there's always that chance. Always that chance. So, you know, we start off with that. And what we're going to be doing is, or what he does from there is he does a video for YouTube after he has interviewed with the family. And he'll put that up, what the interview talk about, some information about the missing person. You know, usually he'll have some pictures and some video, stuff like that in there. And, uh, a lot of it, you know, some of them will be where we've already gone and done some searching and done some initial groundwork stuff. That might be in there, or he might put a video up later where we've done a lot more work on this particular case. Well, again, it's still the same concept with YouTube, just like Facebook, is getting that information out there, getting our great Loudwater Outfitters community to watch and spread, get other people to watch it, you know, get things figured out and get it into that algorithm where that gets shown and seen more and more based off of what it is in the hopes that it catches somebody's eye who remembers something, who saw something, who heard something. Because as minute as you may think it is, that little tiny clue could be the one key that blows this whole thing wide open and solves it. It's that simple. Well, and again, you know, the same thing kind of with the podcast that, you know, in, in this day of, you know, this technology that we have and social media, there's some people that would much rather listen. It's much easier for them to listen because they're on the go a lot. They can do it on the way to work, on the way home, while they're cutting grass. Some of them might have jobs where they're driving a lot and they can listen or there's situations where they're able, you know, maybe put some earbuds in. And by the way, earbuds are freaking awesome. I finally bought a pair of wireless ones not too long ago, and I absolutely love those suckers. So, but anyway, that's much easier for them than it is to be able to sit down and watch, you know, a video on YouTube or, or even on Facebook or something for that matter. So, you know, you set it up to get it out there. And again, you know, we, we want it to spread, spread, spread. But somebody may be listening and listens to that and says, hey, you know, same concept. I remember that. I remember this or, or what have you. So that's the whole point behind all of this is using social media to spread the word, spread the information, spread the case, the story. Give that family, but most importantly, give that victim a voice. Help bring about awareness because I have preached this till I'm blue in the face. And I say it so many times that this whole thing about missing persons 
And you can throw the human trafficking in there too, because when those people are taken, they are now missing. So you can you can count it. I call it a quiet epidemic. The the numbers and guys, you know, do the research. Just go go click on you know statistics for missing persons, statistics for human trafficking, for sex trafficking, and just look at the statistics. Read a few of the stories. Go to a few of the websites. You know, Nickmas. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, Missing Kids, I believe, or MissingChildren.org, NAMUS, N-A-M-U-S. And, of course, you can go right to the Department of Justice and punch in this type of stuff. The, the, the statistics of missing people and cold cases for missing people and, and missing children, the sex trafficking, human trafficking, staggering does not do it justice. It's not the correct word. Only thing I can say, it's just an epidemic, and it absolutely is. You know, the, the whole thing, you know, when you're talking about six-figure, you know, anywhere from 150 to probably a little over 200,000 of cold case missing persons at any given time. And, you know, in this country, over 600,000 people go, you know, quote-unquote missing every year. Now, generally... I think they say around 98% are found because a lot of them are just simply, you know, somebody just thought somebody was missing, but, you know, little Johnny was up the street playing with his buddy, didn't tell nobody. Or somebody left, just didn't want anybody to know where they are, didn't want to be found, left alone for a couple weeks. It's different situations, different categories. But, again, the, the whole point behind that is that 1% or 2%, which equates to roughly about 25,000 people, turn into a cold case and a cold case is generally anything a year or older. So just, let's just say there are 150,000. Let's start it now. There was 150,000 people still missing from last year. So now we go into this year and let's say only a small handful are found. Let's just give it a crazy number and say 5,000 of that 150 are found. So now you still got 145,000 that are still missing and have been missing. Well, now you're about to tack on 25,000. So now you're up to 170,000. So you see where I'm going with this. This number is almost never ending. And, you know, law enforcement can only do so much. And, you know, to dedicate the type of time that missing person cases needs, the vast majority of agencies, they just cannot do it. And that's where we're stepping in, where we're trying to do stuff to help out, to help these families, and do more and more. So some of you have asked and wondered, well, why do y'all keep talking about, you know, liking pages, subscribing, following, this, that, and other? Well, the whole point behind all of this is, again, we utilize social media to spread awareness, spread the word, get, get this family story out there. Well, obviously... The more people that we get, the more people that this story can be reached when it has spread and shared. So with that in mind, at the same time, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, all of them are what you can what they call you can do what they call monetizing. You get so many followers. And now some of them are different. You know, it depends on the platform. Some of them just has to be a certain amount of followers. Some of them has to be a certain amount of, you know, watch time or, or listening time. 
a certain amount of followers with a certain amount of like. It's different things like that before, you know, whatever platform that is allows you to apply to be able to start getting paid for the content that you're putting out there. So the whole point behind why we're trying to get all of this built up is twofold. Number one, the more people, the more people these stories can reach. And obviously the more they can reach, the better the chances of getting information. The, the second prong to this whole thing with the monetization is when we get each platform to the point where we can start to you know, run ads or, or what have you or get paid off of it or sponsorships come on there and pay us to you know, put an ad or some type of sponsorship thing on our segment, that's money that goes back into this, you know, nonprofit that's not a nonprofit, but that's operating money. That's operating expenses. That's money that he and I would no longer have to pull out of our own pocket that is in this company, and now we've got money to pay for the gas to go here or a plane ticket or buy this piece of equipment or you know, goodness, you know, pay for the stuff that we're paying for out of our own pocket is what I'm trying to say. And it also goes towards, you know, there's other things we can do. You know, we want to host events. You know, I've been trying to raise money to buy these child ID DNA safety kits and haven't been very successful, unfortunately. But we want to buy tons of those kits and host these events, whether it's with a law enforcement agency, a church, a school, you know, any type of an organization that involves children, even a neighborhood, you know, neighborhood's got five, 600 homes, and they all say, hey, well, you know, host one at the, uh, the clubhouse in our, in our community. You know, anything like that, we'll come in and we'll give out these kits for free, show you how to use them. I mean, they're massively huge tools for law enforcement. Because, again, how many times have you heard Mike and I say that, you know, the first 48 hours are the most crucial, it, just about any case, but especially missing persons. And, you know, and we've said it before, and we'll dispel this myth again. There is no law on when you can report a missing person. You don't have to wait 24, 48 hours. You don't have to wait two minutes. So you think someone's missing, you can report. If that law enforcement agency doesn't want to take that down, give us a call, and we'll help you with that. You know, we have a couple ideas that we're working on already to try to change some things to do with that and the Amber Alert system in our state. But, but again, you know, that, that information in these DNA kits can save, actually, believe it or not, can save hours. You know, you have this kit ready, your child's missing, you hand that to that law enforcement officer and it's off to where it needs to go. There's no it passing through five or six different people and the story or the information changing. It's right here in black and white. Absolutely crucial and can save so much time. But, you know, we're also talking about doing other things, you know. I want to, I am actually have been asked to possibly speak at a, uh, kind of like a conference. It really has nothing to do with this, but this gentleman thinks I should go to, I think it's in May, because there'll be a lot of good people there that he thinks what we do and the story and the statistics needs to reach these people. So that's something, you know, we, we want to do. We, we want to get in front of people. And I guess you could kind of call it like seminars or something and discuss this whole tragedy and epidemic of missing persons and what people can do to help. So, you know, we, we want to do more than just simply, you know, 
put up videos, podcasts, go out here, search for missing family members and things of that nature. We, we want to give, we want to spread awareness in other ways. We want to get more information out there. We want to wake people up and hopefully some of this can even help prevent some things. So anything and everything we can to, to safeguard it and to help, that's what we want to do. There's more to all this, I promise you. So again, you know, that that's why what we're trying to do all of this to get everything where it needs to get on each one of these platforms to get those things to whatever point we have to get to get monetized. So again, that simply gives us operating expenses or operating money for the expenses. And then, of course, you know, donations, anybody, as well, we've had a handful that have donated. You know, we never ask, but if you want to, I say we never ask. We don't go out on scene and ask, but, you know, you've seen us, like, post stuff or mention something. But, again, that, that that's how we operate. That's the only way we can do this, and these families not have to pay a dime who don't have the dime to pay in the first place. But we're talking about human life here, somebody's family member. That person and that family absolutely deserves every possible chance they can get to try to find an answer, to try to find this family member. So that's what that's the whole point behind all this. That's what we're trying to do. You know, we hope in the future, hopefully the near future, to get some sponsorships, I guess you could call it, from some businesses, you know, preferably larger corporations, those that see what we're trying to do and want to get involved, and hopefully we'll you know, sponsor a certain amount of money, you know, however they want to do it once a year, twice a year, you know, however they want to do it to help us with what we need. Or some of it might even be, you know, whether it's a company or an individual, you know, maybe they don't donate cash, but you know, they might be like, well, what do y'all need? What type of equipment do you need? Absolutely can donate that. We have a handful of things we are desperately wanting to get our hands on right now to include a thermal imaging drone. That could be very useful in a few situations, especially if someone has only been missing for a very short amount of time. That that type of a drone would be extremely crucial. You know, we, we, we need and want an underwater drone. That could save us a lot of heartache and a lot of time also. Or, if, you know, if one of us is by ourselves or something, working on something, well, we've got that when we can't dive or don't have the boat, things of that nature. But, you know, I mean, there's always equipment, you know, batteries and SD cards and, oh, my gosh, probably different types of cables we can use. You know, we, we, we can always use, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of what you call these little things, the, uh, the, the little thumb drive things so we can store information that we get from each case on that instead of filling up our computers and you know, a lot of things like that, you know, and even fundraisers, you know, anybody willing or, you know, want to help or spearhead a fundraiser, whether it's with their church or their business, you know, neighborhood, what have you, or just, you know, or just a whole bunch of you get together and say, hey, you know, we're going to spread the word and we're going to do this for a fundraiser. That would be absolutely wonderful and very much appreciated. Because, again, all of this goes towards operating this whole venture and what we're trying to do and no family in any way, shape or form will ever have to worry about having to give a penny. So that's kind of the gist and and the basics of why and how we're doing this. And to give you an understanding why we talk about go and like and subscribe and follow, 
because again, and I'll break that down. You know, YouTube is an is subscribing. Good thing, y'all, is it doesn't cost you a penny. It only takes just a few short minutes. You just go into YouTube if you've never done it, and you don't have a Gmail. You probably have to start a Gmail account, or you may not. I can't remember. It's been such a long time, but. Again, you can go into YouTube, you know, set up an account, and then search for Loudwater Outfitters and just simply hit the button to subscribe to that channel. It's real easy. You can even hit the bell so every time he posts something new, it'll notify, hey, new video's out. It doesn't cost you anything. Just, just a few minutes. That's it. That's the cool thing about that. So... Right now, we need to get it to 1,000 followers. I think we're right around the 800 mark, so we're getting close. So, you know, hey, 200 more of y'all, hurry up and do that real quick. But, you know, the podcast, you have to follow them. And typically, you know, whatever you listen to your podcasts on, whether it's Apple, Spotify, those are probably two of the more popular ones. Uh, I've seen on the analytics on my Palmetto Sleuth podcast where somehow a lot of them are doing it through Facebook. So I'm not sure how that works on following, but wherever you listen to it, you know, just simply go to the Loudwater or Palmetto uh, podcast, or the Loudwater Outfitters podcast. And I'm, I'm thinking of both at one time. But go to that, wherever you listen to it at, and just simply click on the thing where it says if you want to follow. And, I mean, you can do a lot of different things too. But all you do is just simply click on it and follow. It's all you have to do. And, uh, uh, Facebook, same thing, just simply start following the page. And, again, I don't know if he does much with – I know he's got one for TikTok. I don't know if he does a lot with it. I know I've got one. But, you know, those are all that, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all you do is just go punch in the name of whoever, whatever you're looking for, and just simply click the follow button. That's all you got to do. But very, very simple. Doesn't cost anything. Just a few moments of your time, and that's it. And – you know, just try to keep up with what's going on. You know, you know hopefully you be able to have the time to watch the videos, listen to some podcasts, you know, check out what we're posting on Facebook. And, you know, if you want to like it or comment, absolutely. You know, biggest thing is to share it. That will really, really help us out tremendously. But, again, when we say all those, those are the reasons why. And, and we want you all to understand that it's not, you know, we're trying to, you know, nothing – you know, behind closed doors, anything like that. It is simply we're trying to build this community so it reaches more and more people and at the same time gets to a certain point to where we can monetize these different sites to start drawing money to go out and do what we're already doing. The only difference is now, you know, it won't come out of our own pocket because at some point in time, my money's going to dry up, you know, probably sometime in the next few months, so hopefully... We'll be where we need to be before that happens. Uh, you know, there's we put a lot of time into what we do. You know, there's shockingly, you know, just doing one episode of a podcast takes quite a while. You know, some of this I'm doing on the weekend or, you know, I might get up or do it early in the morning or I might get up 3 o'clock in the morning and work on stuff. You know, just whenever something's on my mind or I thought of something or figured something out or I just like, you know, I need to do this or I need to change that. But you're always working on this stuff. Same thing with the videos, putting those videos together. 
isn't just simply, you know, video and throwing out there. You, you got to edit. There's some information we, we've got to edit out. There's some information the family wants edited out. Plus, you know, there might be some things in there where we kind of, we might just dribble off and just start talking and forget we were recording. <laughs> so we might have to, you know, edit a few of those things out. You know, just shorten it down to where it's a little more condensed, but it gives you everything you absolutely need to have, to see, to listen to. So a lot of that stuff does take time. And especially for me, I know I get him cracked up a couple of times he's come over for the podcast thing. I may like start over four or five, six times before I finally hit that groove. And I know we did the, the first episode. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, guys. We were in that for like, oh, probably 15 minutes. Then I looked down and realized I forgot to hit the record button. So I just went, Mike it, Mike it, time out, time out, time out. Said, dude. Luckily, we're not too far in this, but, you know, you're not going to believe this. I forgot to hit the record button. He just, he just looked at me. And he's like, dude, you know, if we'd been, like, at the end of this or something, you told me that, I probably would have killed you. So you'd have ended up missing. But I'm like, yeah, thank goodness. we caught. I caught that at the right time. I was just like, oh, my gosh. But I get a little ahead of myself sometimes. I get to think about several different things and, start to do one thing, and then all of a sudden something else comes out. I say, hey, you know, I can do this or do this better. So, sorry about that, dude. But hey, we, we, I'm on the money now. We're on track here. So, anyway, that's the basic gist of the whole whys we're doing everything, the whole, you know, hows of it all, and also the, the, the explanation and meaning behind when we ask you to, to like or subscribe. But again, I want to emphasize strongly that it's not about making money because we are absolutely operating out of our own pockets. You know, I, I pulled my police retirement and I determined that, you know, I'm good to operate off of this plus my living expenses until about June of this year. I might can stretch it out a little bit longer. You know, it just depends. I'm actually trying to get rid of my vehicle now so I can get rid of that payment and the high insurance and the high gas. I don't know why I bought that car. But uh, so it's things like that so I can extend it a little bit longer because I absolutely want this to work. I absolutely want to get this to where we need it to be, to where we've got things coming in regularly, to where, you know, obviously he can quit his regular employment that he does. And we're at this strong 100% every day, every night. And hopefully in the very near future it gets to that and we're starting, or we'll be able to bring on more people to help do different things. So, you know, a, a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of plans, a lot of things in the back of our minds, written down on notepads, that, you know, that we're working towards. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is the families. Because we definitely don't want to give up on them now. Absolutely not. That that that's not an option. You know, th this this isn't a has to succeed. This will succeed. You know, it. But a lot of it depends on getting all of that built up that we're talking about as to how quickly we can succeed better. I guess you could say, if you will. So again, you know, we just want y'all to understand. The, the whole concept, the reasoning behind all we're doing and why we say and ask you to do a lot of certain things. 
because it, it, it's two and threefold. That, that's the whole point to it all. Uh, moving forward, like I said, I'm going to be working on an interview episode this weekend, so I'll be airing that next week and be working on some more to hopefully start getting a lot more out here soon. So definitely keep your eye out on the Loudwater Outfitters Facebook page because he will be announcing when the second YouTube channel will go up because when that happens is when we will start to post all of the uh, the videos from the podcast that we're doing here. And I think, I'm pretty sure that's all he's going to put on that page is just strictly all the, the video cast from, uh, from the podcast channel. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It's, it's going to be good, you know. Don't don't berate me on the very first video. Hey, I take full responsibility for that one, but I promise you starting with the second one, it's going to be much better, and they're only going to get better and better. But I think you're going to enjoy them all. It's going to be informative. I think you're going to be able to see where a lot of these families stand, what they've gone through, and what we're trying to do. It just gives you a better understanding and a chance to see and feel like they do. So, again, you know, we appreciate all of you guys so much. The Loudwater community, you guys and gals are awesome. You know, we're looking forward to seeing this build more and more and adding more and more people to this community. So, we appreciate y'all. Y'all just don't – I know we say but y'all don't understand how much we really do appreciate it because the, 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 the kind words, the support, the things that you guys and gals say, even to the point that we've had a couple of people try to – you know, be negative is what is the the annotation that I'll use. And y'all have just, we have hardly had to say anything. Y'all have come to our defense and jumped down on these people and like, no, 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 that, that's not going to happen. You're not going to do that here. And we're not going to allow that to happen to the people in our community either because we love you guys and appreciate you guys more than you probably realize. So, again, thank you so much. We appreciate you stopping by and listening. I hope this gives y'all a better understanding of what and why and how. So moving forward, now you have the groundwork for this this whole this whole organization and scheme, or not scheme, but the, the scheme of things is what I'm trying to say and, and how it all works. So very excited, very happy. Can't wait to see where this goes, but I can't wait to see where this goes with all of you guys. So hope you guys have a great week. Take care of yourselves. Remember, keep your families close, and as always, stay safe. Thank you.